Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fin side. Inside. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fin Side here with Kat and Paul Pickin. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and now on iHeartRadio. We're continuing our positional breakdown of the Miami Dolphins roster here in August with the defensive backs. And we have a few more players here to cover and maybe a few more position battles to talk about as well as we look at training camp. Paul, you know, it's a unit I really go back and forth on. On on one hand, I think there were periods last year where the Dolphins did very well, periods where they did very poorly. You know, you look at the last six games of the season, Joe Flacco has a quarterback rating of 114.3. Tyrod Taylor, 1.8 or 118.4. Tom Brady, 126.5. Ben Roethlisberger, 105.4 all in the last six games of the season, including the playoffs. But then again, it is a unit where I think there could be a good mix of veterans and younger players. A lot of that with the corners, they were battling a lot of injuries towards the end of the year between Byron Maxwell, Xavier Howard being young and coming back from injury. Tony Lippett was battling a few nagging things. Rashad Jones was out. By the end of the season, Issa Abdul-Kadus was out. So the secondary was banged up last year. The good news is they got a lot deeper this year everybody's healthy now and they solidified that that spot next to Rashad Jones and they also went out and they got Alteron Werner and solidified the slot corner position so Bobby McCain's going to have a little bit of a battle there with with Werner and I I do expect Werner to win it even though I like McCain and they've got four guys that are starting caliber or three or four guys on the outside edge that can really start for you so there's a lot to like with this unit as they go into this year but hopefully they won't be playing 15 yards off the ball like they were early last year Yeah, and Byron Maxwell really responded after a poor first five games, one of which he was actually told to stay home for. And he came back, and the first game that the Dolphins turned it around against the Steelers, he goes up against Antonio Brown and holds him to 42 yards. You know, he just had a lights-out next six games and then gets hurt there. And there was some some talk in the offseason that Maxwell kind of dogged it Uh, at the end of the year in terms of his injury. I don't know whether to believe that or not, but when he was on the field, pro football focus ranked him as the 11th best cornerback in the NFL ahead of Patrick Peterson, ahead of Richard Sherman, based on their grades. You can take him for a grain of salt if you want. And then opposite of Byron Maxwell should be a battle between Xavier Howard and Tony Lippett. Xavier Howard, I I tell you, he had a rough go of it last year in that he only played eight games. He was hurt all summer, but there were some contests that I looked at and I thought he really did look the part. I thought he really did too. It, and all reports out of Miami right now are that Xavier Howard probably has the quickest line on one of the starting cornerback spots. You would think it was Maxwell, given the fact that A, 
there were some issues early in the year, but also, you know, you look at that Steelers game, that was when they finally moved him up on the ball. He's a press man corner playing up on the ball, and suddenly he's better as opposed to 12 to 15 yards off like they were the first few games of the year. So if they're applying the secondary correctly, uh, the fact that the secondary is going to have way better safety help over the top this year with, with a healthy Rashad Jones, without a healthy Bakari Rambo. There's a lot to like with what these guys can do. And the good thing is, say Byron Maxwell is a starter and Xavier Howard's a starter, one of them goes down. Lippett played a lot more strongly than people think he did last year. So they've got somebody that can step in. If need be, they can kick Alteron Werner to the outside to help out a little bit if two of the guys go down. And they've got a lot of depth now, like we've talked about at some of the other positions. So more power to them there. Yeah, and, and Ultron Werner's been in the league for uh, quite a few years, but he's only 28 years old. So this could be a great point in his career where he takes a look at the slot cornerback position and challenges Bobby McCain and, like you said, could move out to the boundary cornerback slot. So here's my question. If Ultron Werner beats out Bobby McCain for that nickel slot, because you've got to think Xavier Howard's making the team, Byron Maxwell's making the team, Tony Leppard is, and third-round pick Cordrea Tankersley is. If Werner is that fifth cornerback, do you keep Bobby McCain on the roster as the sixth guy? I think you do. I think what happens in that instance, if, if Werner ends up being the nickel corner, is that could spell trouble at the safety spot, believe it or not. And don't get me wrong, I like Walt Akins and Michael Thomas for special teams. Michael Thomas is going to be on the team. He is definitely going to be on the team. He can do some of that fill for that nickel spot if need be. He can be the dime corner if need be. And he can play safety if need be. Walt Akins has not shown the ability to play safety very well. He has not shown the ability to play corner very well. He came on very strong on special teams last year, but push comes to shove. There's only so many backup safeties you can keep that play special teams well. And Bobby McCain is younger and has shown more promise at an actual position. I think it would be McCain that kept the roster spot there, and Walt Akins may be the one that hits the streets. Yeah, I, I do hope that Bobby McCain stays on the roster. I mean, when you're talking about a guy who the team drafted in the fifth round just a couple of years ago, last year he, he starts eight games and plays 600-something snaps on defense, plays 200-plus snaps on special teams, I start thinking, what are you cutting him for on the rest of the roster? Defensive back in general is a position I look at. I hope they keep 10 or 11 players. You know, Walt Aikens is a good example. Yeah, uh, Walt Aikens has not shown a lot of positional value at cornerback or safety, but has played really well on special teams. And again, this is a player that you're only paying six, $700,000 a year. And there is that tinge of upside in his athleticism too. So, you know, it's, it's an interesting position here at cornerback. That safety spot, Paul, we started touching on that Rashad Jones. We know he's going to be a great player at 29 years old. If he is able to rebound from the injury last year, he's not going to play much football this summer, but we should expect to see him uh, toward the back end of August. Lining up next to him free at free safety, you could have Michael Thomas, you could have Nate Allen, and at this point it does look like Nate, Nate Allen's going to be that starting free safety. I fully expect Nate Allen to hold on to the job up until uh, week, I believe it's nine or ten off the top of my head, when, when T.J. McDonald comes back. But basically, T.J. McDonald will be back for that ninth game, and I think he's going to take it over. You'll see Nate be the guy that backs up both Rashad and T.J. McDonald and be the guy that comes out on the field if, if one of them goes down. So, again, it, it's and that's where 
I look at Michael Thomas and Walt Aikens, and obviously between the two of them, you're keeping Michael Thomas, the guy you just re-signed, to be that backup as needed because he can fill more roles for your team and still be that special teams guy. Two other guys, though, just going back to corner real quick, just to keep an eye on are, are Jordan Lucas, who, who Miami drafted last year, didn't really sniff the field very much, but showed a lot of promise during the preseason last year, and the team sounded a little bit high on this offseason. And then there's Lafayette Pitts, one of those journeyman guys that just manages to keep sticking and keep popping back up. Could be one of those dark horses to finally have something click, and obviously he's not going to be a guy that starts, but could take one of those 10 or 11 spots in the secondary for the Dolphins and really be a dark horse to get involved. Yeah, you you nailed it. My hope is that Ultron Werner comes and plays well in the slot, beats out Bobby McCain, and now those are your six cornerbacks. You've got Maxwell, Lippett, Howard, Tankersley, Werner, and McCain. And then at safety, uh, you've got Nate Allen, Rashad Jones, Michael Thomas, and Walt Aiken. That's 10 right there. And then I hoped, at least to start the season, you carry an 11 if the competition's there with the best man winning between Jordan Lucas and Lafayette Pitts. When I look at other positions, I start thinking, if Jordan Lucas or Lafayette Pitts, who have done well in preseason last year and somebody that the Dolphins looked at on the roster in the regular season, are you really going to cut one of them for, say, a ninth lineman or a fourth tight end? Those are the interesting roster battles that are going to take place here at the defensive back spot. The one I'm looking toward and what a lot of people are looking toward is Xavier Howard uh, versus Tony Lippett. Uh, you know, Tony Lippett, I felt, if I were grading him as a player, in the first five yards after the line of scrimmage, I'd probably give him a D. You know, because he can't tackle very well. He's tall, he's lanky, he doesn't turn and run very well in, in the first few yards of the line of scrimmage. But after that, I, I see a player who makes really good plays on the ball. He's got great hands because he was a former wide receiver at Michigan State. And it's really hard to beat this guy deep because of that length and because of that speed and, and those ball skills. So if Lippitt doesn't win that job, he's probably going to be the fourth cornerback. But what I like, though, Paul, is now you've got some depth where you may not see one of these terrible defensive backs on the field, like a Bakari Rambo or in years past, like a Reggie Howard or Jerry Wilson or these types of players. I, I think you can go into the season nine or ten strong at defensive backs. Yeah, and I think the emphasis there is on strong because you've got, like I said, at least four starting caliber boundary corners that if you count Alteron Werner. You've got Bobby McCain. You've got a number of guys that can play that nickel position, which gives you the bodies to be able to throw out there in a dime, no problem. And you've still got three very or two very strong safeties and a pretty damn good one between Rashad Jones, TJ McDonald once he's back from his suspension, and Nate Allen, who I won't go so far as to say is very good, but he's solid back there. So you've got the great starting caliber, and you've got the depth. So I'm very happy with that. And don't forget the pass rush ability and the things that they've done at defensive end this offseason is only going to help those guys in the secondary because you've got pass rushers like Charles Harris, Andre Branch, Cameron Wake. You've got the strong linebackers that can help them out now. And you're able to get to the passer quicker, which means your corners don't have to cover as long or as tight and can take a few chances. There's going to be a few bad balls. So that defensive line improvement is going to help all of these guys out as well. Yeah, one concern I do have is Nate Allen. I, I watched a lot of tape of him in the offseason, have concerns about whether or not he can turn and run with receivers. 
as a as a free safety. But the Dolphins feel strongly in him. We'll give him a chance. T.J. McDonald was one of my favorite moves of the offseason. Even if you get him for half a year at the salary that he got, which isn't much, I think this can be a real Swiss Army knife here in the second half of the season. Paul, looking at the defensive back spot, how would you grade this unit? Because of the depth that they've added, because they've got the guys that can step in at most of the spots, uh, regardless of injury or suspension, et cetera, I have to give this unit a solid A- minus here. I'm not going to go above that, but I think the defensive line can definitely help these guys out as well. And the fact that we actually have a linebacker core instead of just Kiko Alonso trying to fill all three linebacker spots this year is only going to help the secondary. So for me, a solid A-, minus, and I think that's where it's going to average out to by the end of the year as well. Wow, I I wasn't expecting an A minus. I I'm gonna I'm gonna give them a B minus for a couple of reasons. I can't say I'm incredibly confident in at least two of the four spots. It re- I mean, really, if you count the the nickelback as a starter, really three of those five spots. Ultron Verter at that nickel spot. Who knows how he's gonna be? Nate Allen. Uh, we'll we'll see. And then at that other cornerback spot, I think there's going to be some growing pains with either Tony Lippett or Xavier Howard. I do like the depth of this unit, but I have I have questions about whether or not the Dolphins have four solid starters. So I'm going to give the unit a B minus. One thing I just want to add there before we wrap up is if Miami comes out in that first game of the year against Tampa Bay and we see those corners 15 yards off the ball in Matt Berg's defense, and that's the way they're going to play it this year. At that point, I'm going to flip some things over, and and it immediately drops to a C for me because we don't have the corners that are designed to play 15 yards off the ball. We just don't. And that just destroys and disrupts the entire rest of the defense. So if Matt Burke plays him 15 yards off the ball, 10 yards off the ball, at that point in time, I'm going to dip even below your grade. But if the players themselves are used to their strengths, that's where I'm, I'm sticking to my A minus zone. I think there's the potential there for the unit to be better, and it's going to be a good test against the Bucks in Week One. That's for sure. You are listening to On the Fin Side. Here with Kent and Paul Pickin breaking down the Dolphins' defensive backs. We don't have to agree on everything, but it's always a good conversation. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. In the next segment, Paul and I are going to break down the Dolphins' 53-man roster, who we feel are locks, and a few disagreements that we have about who we think is going to make the team at the end of August. That will keep evolving as the preseason progresses. And if it's not on the right side, and it's not on the left side, it is on the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side, and it must be the fence side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what Brian Cat and Paul about to do again. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.